0: Welcome to The City's Backyard with Matt the Z-Man Zayko, a podcast that interviews all walks of life from their own backyard. The City's Backyard starts now. We are in the backyard of Brooklyn and we have a very interesting guest for this segment. His name is Tillian Dang. He is from Shanghai, and he moved to New York after being in the Chinese education system for about 20 years. Uh, He's a mixed media artist. He utilizes the power of art to inspire students and teachers to create a more productive learning environment. Welcome to the show, Tillian. Did I get it right? You were in China for like 20 years before you moved to America?
1: Yes, that's correct. Uh, My name is Tillian. Uh, Very nice to be here Thank you for interviewing me, Matt.
0: Sure, no problem. And uh, the topic basically is motivation during these dark times with the pandemic. And mm-hmm. uh, you, you are motivating students and, and teachers. You're, you're trying to inspire everyone to uh, create a, a better environment. Now, obviously, a lot of kids are, are Zooming at home in school. But uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions on how you do this. Sure. So first, let's talk about let's direct people to your website right away, so they can check out this press article where there's mm-hmm. visuals that they may be able to, to see to kind of explain what you do. So your website is Tilliandang.com, and there's an article about how schools should feel less like prisons when they reopen. Why don't you explain? Uh, how How you're doing that
1: Yeah, so uh, when I do invest uh, investigation for the you know especially New York public school, um, I find there's an issue for these kind of public schools, especially in the low income community uh, because for the security issue, they usually have this kind of a really bulky facility like a metal detector, and there's a lot of school officer there, so there's an atmosphere for for the students uh, and and the people. I work there. I have a sense of like a school, have a sense of, uh, prison-like. So, uh, you know, I really concerned about these things.
0: I love that because I can relate the Norwalk public school, uh, Norwalk high (laughs) is, is very prison-like. And, uh, my son went there and it was just it was it was awful, just the design of the school in general. It, the school has improved because they've number one, they painted the outside the school colors or they, they painted it green, which actually mixed up the straight concrete look outside that looked like a prison. And then they added spirit flags along the, you know, outside on the campus. And uh so but you're more about the interior classrooms and auditoriums, right?
1: Right, correct. So I'm an artist and I also have a background of uh, interior architecture and interior design. Uh, like you said, school like to uh, put stuff like a flags, try to ease this kind of uh, prison-like atmosphere. But uh, as an artist, I figured out a way to create an installation in their um, classroom or auditorium to, for the students to get a different you know, uh, experience of learning and the teacher will have a different uh, way of teaching. So I feel uh, this might be a, a better way to change this kind of a situation.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, you went to school in China and how would you compare? I mean, you know, the the stereotype, and, and I'm sure it's a compliment to you, is that, you know, the, the in, in China, everyone's like smart, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> um, well, I mean... I want to say that Chinese uh, classroom, you know, study atmosphere in school is also some sort of really restrict um, high expectation, you know, this kind of uh, culture there. Uh, I'm actually, when I was in, uh, in China, I was actually really suffering about this kind of atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, Chinese education systems, usually like a task based system. People are there just literally uh, sitting behind a desk and look at a charboard. Uh, which is for me, um, it's always to have a huge problem, which is for me, it's a similar like um, uh, public school in New York, uh, especially when I go there.
0: Right. So why don't you explain some of the visuals of, of how you do this? You know, I saw one of the pictures in an auditorium and it almost looked like giant screens that were coming down and sort of separating Uh, separating the room a little, but you could see through the screen. So there was still that open feel, but it kind of just made it more interesting. Why don't you explain what you do?
1: Yeah, the idea is I find that especially the school I corroborate with, which name is uh, uh, Rockway Park High School in down to the Jamaica Bay of Queens. um, They usually school have an auditorium and, and they conventionally you just go there you know, if you have a conference, if you have a performance, you look at uh, staring at the stage. Um, I find that with a temporary, you know, intervention that with these kind of uh, cheap, uh, you know, screen to divided space, it were creating a walking experience for, uh, you know, for, for students to, to uh, you know, to walk around there, to go through it. And uh, combined with the hanging screen, there would be a, a you know, projector to project things like uh, for Rocky Park High School, they're focused on the environmental sustainability. So it would be um, something like, uh, for example, like ocean graphic for them to give a really completely new uh, study um, experience.
2: Right.
0: So I just want to uh, go over your background a little bit. You hold a, a what a master of fine arts degree in interior design. Yes. And interior architecture, and you're you're you graduated from the Pratt Institute in New York City. Yes, right? that's correct. So, one more question before we wrap up the interview. This is really interesting. I mean, again, you're you're mm-hmm. trying to motivate students and teachers and kind of get them more excited about coming back to the schools once the pandemic, you know, once the vaccines are distributed more and so forth. Right. But in the meantime, uh, for kids that are at home in their bedrooms, and you know. Um, you know, this might happen for another few months until say next year. I mean, of course, now's Mm -hmm. a good time for you to get the word out so that you can actually get into these schools while they're sort of empty and, and, you know, go forth with your, your projects. It kind of makes it easier for you to work there with, with nobody there. Uh, But what can you say to parents and teachers that can help the kids that are getting bored at home? How can they fix up their space a little to get motivated?
1: Yeah. Um, like uh, uh, if you look at my project, there's a, all, all and there's also a lot of similarity for for you know for people who are in a, sk- a school or in the home. That is, you know, uh, I using projector. There's a power for the projector media is they can project any on any surface, which is uh, any surface means you can project it on your um, on the wall of your home, or even the wall outside of your home, which is actually creating a different study uh, a- atmosphere for the students I think uh, when I was a student, you know study at in the classroom is qu- quite different study at uh, for example like a library or uh, somewhere else which is uh, have a more past uh, good environment for the right. students to study and I think uh, this the, the, this changing atmosphere might be a uh, really good for you know uh, for parents to try to you know, figured out a way to do it, uh, you can easily just change, uh, switch the screen uh, into a projector on the wall on a curtain, uh, the students were, uh, the kids or the students were get more involved, I believe. So
0: Excellent, Tilly and Dang. Thanks so much for uh, being in the backyard. Why don't uh, you uh, just give us a uh, quick information on how teachers can, uh, or or anybody in the school system, officials can get a hold of you to, uh, you know, so you can help them out in their school system uh, throughout the country or in the tri-state area, New England, wherever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you for interviewing me. I think uh, we have a really good conversation, and I'm so glad. I can get my idea, this kind of projected media idea out. And hopefully it will help some kind of parents to, um, parents to you know, deal with this uh, current issue better. So thank you. I,
0: absolutely. So it's Tillyandang.com. And uh, again, thanks for, you know, we need more people like you to help motivate students, especially in this day and age. So thanks for being in the uh, city's backyard of uh, of Brooklyn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for interviewing me. Thank you. From hot to cold, breakfast to lunch, JV's Deli has something for everyone. Having a family get-together or need to feed the working crew, JV's Deli & Pizza has options to feed the whole team. JV specializes in thin crust pizza, deli sandwiches, pasta, and more. JV's Deli & Pizza, serving Norwalk for over 10 years, 15 Tierney Street, up the road from City Hall. Check out their great menu at jvsdeliandpizza.com.
0: The Redding Beer Company is open in their tap room for pickup and delivery. Check out a variety of all the usual suspects of independent craft beers, from the American Wheat Ale and East Coast IPA to great specials in 2021 like the Bohemian Amber. To see their wide selection of tasty craft beers, log on to ReddingBeer.com. Check out ReddingBeer.com for weekend pandemic hours Friday through Sunday. The Redding Beer Company thanks you for your continued support and always follows CDC guidelines. Stop into their spacious tap room or pull up curbside for Reading Beer to go. The Reading Beer Company, 7 Main Street, Reading, Connecticut.
1: Stay fit, stay strong, stay healthy with Nikki Fit. Nikki Fit offers fitness classes and more all online from the safety of your own home. Log on to StayFitWithNikkiFit.com to learn more. Spell Nikki fit with two Ks, enter code STAYSTRONG for 15% off your first service at StayFitWithNikkiFit.com.
0: How about a great sandwich for lunch or a delicious breakfast and cup of coffee? Check out Francesca's Cafe and Grill right on the Post Road in Norwalk. 249 Westport Avenue, featuring salads, wraps, and hot and cold specialties and classic hot sandwiches. Sergio does it all, from Italy to Norwalk, from coffee to cannolis. Francesca's is truly a piece of Italy right in the heart of Norwalk. Check out their great menu at francescasdeli.com.
2: Bistro Mediterranean and Tapas Bar is open and serving the best tapas in town. Come enjoy dinner and choose from their wide selection of red and white wine, sangria, and cerveza as well. Bistro Mediterranean and Tapas Bar with three locations, Westbrook, East Haven, and Norwalk. Check out their delicious menu at bistro, Mediterranean, and Bar.com. Order Bistro to go as well for curbside takeout at 36 Westport Avenue on the post road in Norwalk. Enjoy happy hour drink prices Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. along with their full dinner menu including tapas. Enjoy lunch specials for only $12. Plus, come into Bistro Mediterranean and Tapas Bar and enjoy a free glass of wine or sangria with any entree.
0: Listening to the City's Backyard podcast is safe. Be safe. Listen in your own backyard. To the City's Backyard. Welcome back to the show. We are in the backyard of Weston, Connecticut with the 35th Senior Minister of Norfield Congregational Church in Weston. We are talking to Dr. Bernard Wilson, who is a retired Navy chaplain who received numerous awards, medals. He has served as the executive minister of the Riverside Church in New York City. He was also the interim minister of the Briarcliff Manor Congregational Church in New York. He also has a book out called Meditations for Tough and Testing Times. Reverend Dr. Bernard Wilson, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, Matt, for having me. I'm excited to be with you today.
0: I am so excited. We've known each other quite a long time. And the topic is motivation. You, uh, you're the second segment uh, on today's podcast and, uh, You know, this is just so great that you wrote this book and people are going through rough times right now with the pandemic. Uh, I was just down at the beach walking and every Wednesday they have the the Connecticut Food Bank there. And it's amazing how many people are online for food. And, you know, the unemployment rate is at an all time high. These are really tough times, Bernard. So uh, we need we need to hear from a guy like you with with all, you know, with this amazing background.
2: So, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wrote this book in 2006, is when it was published. And I want to, if you let me, allow me, uh, Matt, to share some of the introduction to the book. Absolutely. And here's what I write. Star Trek Voyager is one of my favorite television series. Voyager is about a crew that, through a catastrophic event of futuristic science, finds itself alone in an unknown galaxy far, far away from home. They have no idea what the dangers they face may be, and the only way back to Earth will take at least 70 years. What to do? They can pray for a miracle, they can find a planet and settle down, or they can begin their long journey home. The ship's captain, Catherine Janeway, points her ship and crew towards home to begin the 70-year journey. And Captain Janeway tells the crew, that when you face tough and testing times, you hold on to your principles and you maintain your faith. And then I write, we are living in tough and testing times, times when we feel as though we cannot control what is happening around us, and times when we are uncertain about how to cope with today, and we are afraid of what tomorrow might bring. We are faced with the question, do we believe God is faithful to us in tough and testing times? The collapse of the World Trade Center and the attack on the Pentagon, symbols of stability and might, left the United States of America uncertain, unsure and afraid. But in testing times, we stand by our faith. So that was the opening of, of the book.
0: Yeah, these are really rough times and, you know. Sometimes we just have to get through the next minute of the day. I mean, your day can start out horrible and turn around by
2: lunchtime, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I believe, Matt, whether you're wrestling with a serious health issue or facing a financial crisis or battling with an unraveling relationship or trying to cope with a pandemic of biblical proportions, each and every one of us need coping skills to stay strong in tough and testing times.
0: Did you ever imagine that you wrote the book before the pandemic or or during?
2: Way before the pandemic, 2006. Wow.
0: Well, who knew that uh, the book would uh, be, uh, you know, so crucial right now during these times? I'm sure that uh, you had no idea there was going to be a pandemic, right?
2: Absolutely not. I don't think any of us could have ever envisioned this. You know, my mother, my mother was born uh, during the flu season of 1918. Um, The Spanish flu? The Spanish flu of 1918. My mother was born right as it was ending. Um, And in fact, her nickname was flu.
0: No way. (laughs)
2: Because of that. Uh, So, when I was growing up and her brothers and sisters would come and call her flu, I was like, why are they calling her flu? And when she shared the story about how traumatic that time was, I could not imagine it. Um, And here we are living through just such an event, as I said, of biblical proportions this pandemic has been.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you think, you know, people that have money. Uh, have it easier. And they may, in a way, because they can put food on the table. But I, I, I think all walks of life are struggling right now, whether they're rich or poor, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we live in a, a wealthy neighborhood here in Western Connecticut. Uh, but I can tell you, like, some of my congregants have struggled mightily uh, because of the isolation. And I know the teenagers are having a really, really tough time. Uh, but uh, everybody has been affected and impacted by this pandemic.
0: What what can what can you say to people that are having, you know, uh, struggles with, you, you know, their spouse? Because there's a lot of uh, togetherness going on where people are just kind of sick of each other. I mean, how do we yeah. do
2: that? Well, first of all, I'm always hoping and praying that spouses love and care for each other. Um, and I have to say some, something similar. Um, my wife, Narayana, and I have been married uh, for 40 years. And I, say, I still say it's a good thing we, we really get along well. Because A pandemic could have really made it even tougher. And I know that it's been tough for couples in many ways. Um, I would encourage them to just be gentle with each other, be kind to each other, and remember your love for each other.
0: You know, that's great advice, Bernard. And, you know, I feel better when I'm kind to people. And, um, you know, even if somebody's mad at me uh, just to let go of the anger and to forgive, you you know, you, you feel better yourself because if you're angry and you're holding on to anger, it just kind of eats you up inside as as yes. well. You're almost <clears throat> harming yourself, right?
2: Absolutely. And so one of the things I try to s- suggest to people, um, and, and I pick this up some way out, I don't even recall where, uh, the ABC formula is what I call it. Uh, the first thing you wanna do, A, is to accept the reality of whatever situation you're in. Nothing changes until you can say, this is what's happening in my life and I need to figure out what to do about it. And I would say that even we, when we talk about uh, poverty, climate change, even systemic racism, The first thing we've got to do is to acknowledge, to accept that we're in a situation that we need to address.
0: I want to mention, before I forget, that that your family, the the Wilson family, was named Family of the Year by USA Today, Heroes for America by Reader's Digest. And the Wilsons were featured in the NBC special Images and Realities, the African-American Family. Congratulations. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, thank you for that, and, and that's, that's an interesting point. We, we grew up, and I had eight siblings, and mom and dad. We grew up in Harlem during the 50s and, and 60s, and, you know, things were kind of challenging for us, uh, but we believed in who we were. We certainly loved and cared for each other, and so we received those uh, awards after establishing the David and DeVetta Wilson Scholarship Fund in 1990, and every year for nine years, we've given uh, scholarship awards to students heading to college.
0: That is that's so honorable, and uh, you know, so well, so thanks for that.
2: No, I appreciate you saying that. So I was saying that the ABC formula is A, accept reality. B, be productive. I mean, when we when we find ourselves in situations that that makes us feel as if we're out of control or we have no control over it. What we can do is to find something we can do. And harking back to what you just mentioned about my family scholarship fund, we were not and are not rich people, but Mm -hmm. we wanted to do something. And this was an effort to be productive. So when we find ourselves in tough and testing times, find something to do. Uh, A friend of mine says every day he tries to do one good deed. and It may be a simple phone call to someone to say, hey, hello, how are you doing? Uh, it could be taking a meal to someone. But every day we need to find at least one good thing to do.
0: Yeah, all great advice. And and I do have to say, you're not lying. I remember you had a Toyota Corolla, so you, you weren't living large. I know that <laughs> I think you stepped up your vehicle a little bit uh, to a better one. But, but but hey, I mean, come on, you were driving an economy car. So, Absolutely. so you know, you're you're a humble guy. You're not you're not loaded.
2: I, I feel as if thank you Matt for that I feel as if I've been blessed by God and that what I say to myself every single day that I get up and walk outside to pick up the newspaper or something I thank God for the gift of life and I thank God that no matter what situation I find myself in I am still grateful that I've been given this gift of life and and one of the things I want to pass on to to your listeners is simply you have to have the mentality that this is it, <laughs> right? This is the life we've been gifted with. We don't know what's coming next. And God has given us this one gift and we have to use it to the best of our abilities. And I say, and I say to my, my Christian friends, I say, if God gives you the gift of life and the best you could do is live it complaining about, about what you have and don't have, you don't get to get a second life. Mm-hmm. But if you, can, if you can say to God, God, you gave me life and I lived it to the best of my ability. I loved, I laughed. There were times I had to cry, but I love this life. Then you get to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant.
0: Yeah. It seems like what you're saying is you got to have gratitude, which, which is so important. And I think if, if you have daily gratitude, it kind of reminds you of the, the things you have and instead of the things you don't have, you know, like money and speaking of money and, 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 you know, your lot in life, the cards that God has dealt you or yes. whatever the universe, if you're not religious, because there's some people that will be listening that aren't religious. So we're not just pushing religion. But but what do you say to people that are just scared? I, you opened up with that introduction of your book and a lot of people just financially are nervous about how they're going to you know, further their careers or make money in the future with this pandemic. In closing comments, uh, what could you say to keep people motivated so that they don't get depressed?
2: Well, and you, you mentioned religion, and, and, and just I, I would say to you, so many religions in the world speak to making life better for the individual. So if you think about yoga comes out of Hinduism, Uh, meditation comes out of Buddhism Um, even agnostics and atheists uh, uh, believe in something and so whatever whatever it is that you can hold on to it could be nature Um, you mentioned going to the beach I say get outdoors look at the flowers and the grass look up at the sky and and be grateful uh, for what you've been given hold on to 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 who you are in tough and testing times, and it can make a real difference in your life and in the lives of the people around you.
0: Reverend Dr. Bernard Wilson, the author of Meditations for Tough and Testing Times, and also uh, the uh, senior minister of Norfield Congregational Church in Weston, Connecticut. This has been so great. Thanks for uh, being in the backyard of Weston, Connecticut with us. Where can we find
2: the book? Uh, the book is available on Amazon.
0: Great. Well, your words have been so helpful. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's great to talk to you. It's great to connect. Thanks so much.
2: It's always good to connect with you, Matt. Take care and be safe.
0: That puts a wrap on another edition of The City's Backyard, a podcast with Matt the Man Zeco. We'll be back next week with more interesting topics, great guests, and fun conversation about what's happening in and around your community. That's it for now. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed by the guests are not necessarily those of the host of the City's Backyard podcast or its sponsors. The City's Backyard podcast tapes weekly, and the topics and information are related to the time of the taping. Thanks for listening to The City's Backyard.